the verse we spoke about the very first night. Let's read it together. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks your reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Okay, you may be seated. I'd like to ask each one of you tonight, what's your hope look like? What do you have that hope for? What's the hope from? That's what it says, that we can give a reason for the hope that is in us. Do you have a reason for that hope? Can you explain it? Can I explain it? I hope so. I hope so. Exactly, we do, don't we? We have a reason. And it's not just a vague thing out there. We have a reason for that hope. Because of Christ and what he's done. And the hope we have for eternity. So exactly. So yes, I hope we can all think through that. How would I answer if someone would ask you, why do you have that hope? <laughs> Where's your hope coming from? And you'd be able to explain it in a way that's understandable that they also can, can uh, think through it and live that out too. Okay? All right, tonight we're going to talk on new spirituality. If I could have a couple brothers come up and help me pass these out. There's actually two different sheets. Let me grab somebody. Here, let me, I'll take the... Oh, let me take the clip. There you go. Thank you. It's just, there's two different ones. There are two different ones. There's two different ones. Yes. You'll have two different sheets. You'll have one, two, three, four. You'll see that front and back tonight. There's two different sheets, yes. Okay, here's the other one. Here's the other one's coming. All right, we're uh, new spirituality. We're going to start out talking a little bit, uh, sorry, a little bit about two groups, two religions that they would say new spirituality comes out of, and it kind of includes it. It's kind of a new spirituality 
Another name we'd give this is New Age, the New Age Movement. Ever hear the New Age Movement before? Yeah, okay. This is what it's kind of uh, dealing with tonight, the New Age Movement. But it also is dealing with Hinduism and, and uh, Buddhism because this is where it came out of. It's all kind of encapsulated within these two groups uh, to a certain extent. It's kind of picking and choosing within it. Let's see, maybe else. You need some more? Okay, which one do you need? This one here, Valerie. Right okay, very good. Thank you. Okay, the first one we deal with is Hinduism. Hinduism. Um, in your opinion, what do you think, what is the order, basically Christianity, when they look at it in general across the world, and I know it's by name, but they consider Christianity to be number one as far as the amount of people part of that religion. What would be second? You know what the second would be? Islam, Islam exactly. And the third one? What would be the third one? Hinduism. Yeah, it is Hinduism. Hinduism would be considered the third largest religion uh, a worldview, in a sense, in the in the in the world, or or religion, third largest religion, and it says there are around one billion Hindus in the world, about one billion, and that makes about 15, 16 percent of the world population. India would have the largest group, and they say it's about 870 million, 870 million of the uh, Hindus would live in India. And the second largest, uh, or the second most, would be in Nepal. And this is where the, the Hindu religion is, is formulated strongly, okay? In India and Nepal. So we're going to read some common to virtually all Hindus are certain beliefs, and included to, but not limited to, the following. So we're going to have a list here of different beliefs that Hinduism encapsulates. And uh, number, uh, letter A, it's a belief in many gods which are seen as a manifestation of a single unity. These deities are linked to universal and natural processes. Okay, we're going to go for this quickly here. That's letter A. Letter B, a preference for one deity, but not excluding or disbelieving others. So they kind of, this idea of polytheism, or pantheism in some ways, is there. Um, letter C, belief in a universal law of cause and effect, which they call karma, and also reincarnation. And we'll talk about this later, what these words mean. Karma and reincarnation. Uh, letter D, a belief in the possibility of liberation and release by which the endless cycle of birth, death, and rebirth can be resolved. So the idea of reincarnation is, is you're, you die, and you're born again, you die, you're born again, and another animal or another person, whatever it might be, but the idea of purifying yourself. That's called reincarnation. And it deals with, uh, through karma and what it all works, uh, works with. But Hinduism also has what you'll call the caste system. Uh, to a certain extent, I'm, that's kind of how I understand it. Um, when I say caste system, what do, I, what do I mean by that? Who's ever heard of the term caste or caste system? Yeah, what does that mean? What is the caste system? Well, you're born in a certain family, you're top dog. Okay. There you go. Exactly. You're kind of born in a, in a state of where you're going to stay. 
exactly as far as maybe my work you do is my understanding. And, and I know some of the, maybe they're trying to change that to a certain extent, but that's part of their, uh, their religion in some ways, practice. Whether it was originally from that religion, I'm not sure, but that is part of uh, India is very prevalent, as my understanding, the caste system. So this is kind of uh, with Hinduism. Hinduism and Buddhism are very similar in a lot of ways. So the next one here is number two, Buddhism. And it's considered the fourth largest religion. So we had Christianity, we had Islam, now we have Hinduism, now we have Buddhism. Buddhism is considered the fourth largest. And they figure there's around a half million, or sorry, half billion. About 500 million, 300 and something, to 500 million uh, uh, Buddhists in the world. Have you ever been to a Buddhist temple? Or any, any of it? Where were you at, Jason? Where did you see that? Thailand. What did it look like? Or what was it like? Okay. And what, when we think of Buddha, what do we think of? Like a statue of Buddha. What do we think, what do we think of when we see that? I'm sorry? Okay. I, I think, I don't know if it's my, true, I don't know if it's my head or if that's what it's, I think of a little fat man. <laughs> you know? I don't, I don't uh, but we were at New York City, went to a Buddhist temple, I think it was there. And it's interesting what they're trying to gain through meditation and things and their desire and what they're, they're trying to release and purify their minds. And um, yeah, it, it's interesting. We think this, it is very, how should you say, it? it's very seeing different people trying to reach God. <laughs> That's what it is. Different people trying to gain peace with something or someone. And we all have that desire within us. And we are so blessed having grown up, having the truth revealed to us at a young age. And I know we just take it for granted a lot of times. But there's a lot of people in the world that have not received that. And that's what they're trying to do. And uh, so whether Buddha is actually this little fat man, I don't know, or whether that's another religion, but I, that's what I think of sometimes. Chinese restaurants, I see that, I guess. Um, but yes, so China would have the most Buddhists. China, this is uh, underneath the 500,000 Buddhists. China would have the most Buddha, sorry, Buddhist, China would have, followed by Thailand and then Japan. And we can see there's a lot of similarities we're going on through here. Buddhists consist of many traditions, beliefs, and spiritual practices that are based on the teachings of Buddha. Okay? And the principal goal of Buddhism is to escape from suffering and attain a state of enlightenment called nirvana thereby ending the continuous cycle of birth and rebirth. And what do we call that? What's that cycle of rebirth, of birth and rebirth? Reincarnation. Hinduism also believes in reincarnation, is this idea. Uh, Buddhists believe in this path to enlightenment is through the practice and development of wisdom, morality, and meditation. Okay? And when we think of meditation as Christians, what do we think of? Are we called upon to meditate? Yeah, we are. Now, what, what, do we, what does that mean for a Christian to meditate? Okay, meditate. Yeah, we're, trying, we're focusing on, on God, right? On Jesus. Something spiritual usually, right? So is meditation a good thing within the Christian realm? We would say, yeah. I think, I think that is a good thing. But when they say meditation, they're kind of, they're putting a different level. And as we talk about this a little later, um, of what, it's, what meditation is within them. Because the Hindus, 
uh, both Hinduism and Buddhism, it's the last one right here, Hinduism and Buddhism both practice meditation. Both practice meditation, okay? And their meditation is slightly different or a lot different than what we say as Christians, we ought to meditate. Okay, let's go to the back page now, uh, page two. So now we're going to look at new spirituality. Okay, so now we talked about Hinduism, we talked about Buddhism, and now new spirituality, which also has the name the New Age Movement. Okay, the New Age Movement. And it's kind of a modern (laughs) psychology, pseudoscience, whatever you want to call it, that's trying to encompass, come with the teachings of Hinduism and Buddhism, and trying to make it palatable for the modern people in some ways. It's it's kind of an interesting mix. But uh, letter A, new spirituality is an old set of beliefs with roots in Hinduism and other Eastern religions. And I already referenced to this, it says, but is referred to as the New Age Movement. The New Age Movement. How many has heard that term before, New Age Movement? I might have already asked. When's the first time you heard of that? Or how long ago has it been? Anybody remember hearing when you first heard about it? Okay. And what do you hear about it? What do, you, do you read about it, anything, or hear about it? Yeah. I remember reading a book, wait, I think it might have been the 80s, called The Danger of the Rainbow, Hidden Dangers of the Rainbow, or something like that. And dealing with... Now the rainbow, the uh, um, homosexual kind of took that on now. But it's a God thing with, actually, with the... um, But anyway, just referring to, that was kind of when I started hearing about this New Age idea. And I don't even remember exactly what the book was about, but I remember the the title more or less. And speaking of the New Age. So yes, it's been around. It's not been real old, but don't seem real old to me, 70s and 80s. (laughs) Maybe it is old. Uh, but it's uh, it is it's been around for a little bit, but not terribly long. Like your Hinduism and Buddhism, that's been a a long term religions. Okay, Christianity two thousand years, um, Islam probably about fifteen hundred years or so, fourteen thirteen hundred years. So um, so basically, it is a new. It's, it's not a new. It's not new in the sense of some of their beliefs. It's a new ideas trying to mix everything together, but it's really not a new. Um, thoughts. It is a pantheistic worldview, is letter B. It is a pantheistic worldview. When I say pantheistic, what do I mean? We had monotheistic. What's monotheistic? Very first night we talked about monotheistic. One God, exactly. And basically, Christianity and Islam would kind of be both monotheistic in some ways. Okay? Uh, Or would be. Um, Then we had we don't really talk about polytheistic. What's polytheistic? Many gods. Yeah, many gods. When you say it's polytheistic, it means many gods. Now here we're pantheistic, which means what? What's pantheistic? Everything. Yeah, everything is God. It's like, well, how can that be? <laughs> how can everything be God? But if we look at it, what they consider God, it helps us understand a little bit more what they're talking about. But everything is God, pantheistic. Uh, Pan means all. Theos means God. All is God. And along with this, the New Age 
uh, or the New Spirituality or New Age Movement, they believe in reincarnation. We talked about that already. This idea, you're, you live, you're born, you live, you die, and now you just, it's not necessarily the final thing. You can actually come back now as something else. Your spirit comes back as in the body of a bird or a worm or a duck or maybe another human. I don't know. It depends of how you lived in this life. And the term they'll use uh, is called karma. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, letter D, the belief that the universe is eternal. This is something the New Age would, movement would, uh, the new spirituality. They believe the universe is eternal and has no divine creator, nor cause or beginning. It just is. As my understanding, they would say the universe just is, or just, it always was. We would say God is eternal, and he created the universe. Letter E, humans don't have a sinful nature. They would say we have an ego, which means a negative, uh, I don't have this in there correct. It's a negative interstate. I have that in there. Not an interstate like a highway. <laughs> but it's a, inside, it's a negative thing inside, inter, inside you that makes us miserable. Uh, we, and we have to get rid of our negativity by becoming aware of our godlikeness. So, because everything is God, what does that say? That means who is who are we? We are gods, exactly. We are also God. So we gotta recognize that we're godlike. Is that what do you think about that? Are we created in the image of God? Yeah, we are. So it's interesting, they twist some stuff, but we're not God, right? We're limited. We're a creation of God. They would say we are God in a sense. Okay? They reject the idea of a personal God. This is letter F. They reject the idea of a personal God. Letter G, they also reject that special revelation of the Bible. Necessarily, the Bible is not necessarily special revelation. We as Christians say no. The Bible is a special revelation from God himself. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Letter H, they would say the physical, physical world is an illusion and everything is spiritual. So, remember we talked about the Marxists and secularists? They would say everything is physical. Only the physical exists in a sense. New spirituality and the new age says only the spiritual exists. Only, they only focus on the spiritual. And uh, everything else is kind of just an illusion. Just an illusion. When you hit your thumb, is that an illusion? <laughs> Probably doesn't feel like an illusion, does it? <laughs> exactly. Letter I. Truth and enlightenment are, enlightenment are found where? Found within. Within us. Because we are gods, in a sense. Our truth and enlightenment we can find within us. We just got to dig it out. <laughs> just got to make it come forth. We are gods. And now it goes on letter J to help us understand where it says pantheistic, where everything is God. They would call God, it's just like it's, that's consciousness and energy is God. That's letter, letter J. Consciousness, consciousness and energy are God. Or consciousness is energy in God. So the idea that when we say everything is God, they're saying energy is God and consciousness is God. That's what they're saying is God. And so, do we have energy? Yeah. Do we have consciousness? Yeah. So, we are God because it's all like his force. It's kind of like his impersonal force um, that's out there. 
And so we got to connect to this universal force and get connected and, and be one with the universe in a sense. Okay, this is this idea. It's, it's kind of a vague, mushy... How should you say? They go down through here, you'll probably say, is this confusing? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is in some ways. But this is where they're coming from. Okay? And so when they make decisions, someone that's part of the New Age movement or part of the New Spirituality, when they make decisions, they're making decisions based on this belief. Okay? It helps us understand why they make certain decisions. And then we think as Christians, how do we relate to this? How do we relate to this? Because their desire is to teach them the truth through Christ, and they can come out of this to know the real truth, to know the real God, which is not us. <laughs> it's the Creator God. So number four here. So what are four basic teachings of new spirituality or the New Age movement? What are four basic teachings? Okay. Number one. I'm sorry, letter A. Everything is consciousness. Now, like I'm saying, this is going to be confusing. Just, just stay with me here a little bit. Everything is consciousness. Letter A. Consciousness is the divine interconnected essence of reality. Okay? And now this uh, Deepak Chopra, he'd be a guy that would support this idea. This is his list, it says, of the following qualities of pure consciousness. You want pure consciousness? This is it. It's silent and peaceful. It's self-sufficient. It's awake. Possessing infinite potential. Self-organizing. Spontaneous. Dynamic. Blissful. Knowing and whole. Confusing? Yes. I added that. That was into this quote. <laughs> sense. Confusing, yes. If everything is collective consciousness, though, then ultimately everything is God. If energy and consciousness are God, everything has, we're all connected. We're all part of this grand scheme of energy and consciousness. And so, because of that, letter B, another one of the main basic teachings of Sioux spirituality, everyone is God. Everyone is God. So letter A, everything is consciousness. Letter B, everyone is God. And letter C, consciousness can be harnessed to achieve perfection. To achieve perfect. Consciousness can be harnessed. We try to bring it together. So and, and there's, their idea would say this. If everything is energy. Things are energy. Thoughts are energy. Good thoughts produce good energy, and bad thoughts inhibit it. Okay? As I think through this, um, this idea of thinking well, is that coming through in some of our Christian teachings sometimes? Yeah. That word of faith, or just you say it by faith, is going to happen, and this will happen, this idea. And so we got to be careful. Some of the stuff can get into our Christian faith. You know, good thoughts produce good good energy, or good good energy produce good. Uh, sorry, good thoughts produce good energy. Bad thoughts inhibit it. Okay, think right. That's this is this idea. And now they go on. New spirituality sees Christ's life as important, so they would say that Christ was a real person in a sense, and is it is important because it showed humanity how to achieve perfection. It's more of an example idea. Christ is more the example. John White states, the significance of incarnation, which is Christ taken on the human form, 
and resurrection is not that Jesus was a human like us, but rather we are gods like him, or at least have the potential to be. See the difference here? Instead of Christ taking on a human form and showing us how to live a, a, a human life victorious over sin, he's just our example of how to become godlike. And we can be like him. And so it's kind of, and I think, should our desire to be like Christ? Is that a true statement? Yeah. And so it's in it. They try to twist some of this stuff <laughs> and try to make it palatable or feasible to some you know, Christians and use some of these words and, and, and this idea, this connectedness, connectedness. And so, anyway, so that's letter C. Consciousness can be harnessed to achieve perfection. And the last one here, letter D, the purpose of life is overcoming self. Overcoming self. And so what do we mean by that? To new spiritualists from a Buddhist tradition, the self in his illusion. Remember? Things are just illusion. <laughs> it's all spiritual. So from a Buddhist tradition, the self is illusion. To new spiritualists from the Hindu traditions, the self must be lost in the universal self called Brahman in order to have meaning. So this idea of just as we go through this, we understand this whole meditation thing, what it's trying to do. You're trying to clear your mind, clear your thoughts, so you have no bad thoughts, no bad energy, and so you become to this place in nirvana where nothing bad happens, and I guess you're in a sense, a state of nothingness, I think. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, but so these are the four basic teachings of new spirituality. Okay? And that everything is consciousness, everyone is God. Consciousness can be harnessed to achieve perfection. And the purpose of life is overcoming self. Yes. I'm not positive. I don't think they had necessarily a holy book. The Buddha would teach her, like, I think, like, they're, when we were in New York, they would have had a, what do they call a Buddha? What would they call him? And he'd be the, probably the teacher. Um, so I, it's a good question. I don't think they actually have like we had the, the Muslim have a Quran, we had the Bible. I don't know if they actually have a holy book. Yeah, maybe you know. Would you know? Would would the Hindu, would Buddha or would New, would Hindu, Hinduism and Buddhism have a book that they would? Yeah, they have something. Okay, I'm not sure what it's called if they do that. Yeah. Okay, so they might have... So I know they would... Like, the one thing it talked about what, uh, what Buddha thought. <laughs> so I think it's kind of a... Uh, which one was it? I, um, uh, da, 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 da. Buddhism... Okay, yes. Buddhism consists of many traditions, beliefs, and spiritual practices that are based on the teachings of Buddha. So maybe there is a teaching of Buddha that would be in a book. <laughs> and so uh, with Buddhism, that might be the case. Yes. 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 This idea, you got to get rid of ego. You got to get rid of this. You got to, <laughs> and you got to get all connected. And, and this is this whole thing. As we go down through here, we'll see some of the detriment of what happens here. Okay. And uh, we're going to start with this uh, key terms, letter, uh, page three. We'll go through a couple, then we'll have a break here. Key terms. The first one is reincarnation. 
I already talked about this a little bit. This is page three. Reincarnation is the rebirth of a soul into a new body as the soul continues looking for enlightenment. Okay. And then we're... Um, so, why... What, 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 you know, why does it depend... When you're reborn, what they would say, where does it depend what, what they enter into after the next time? Do anybody know? Exactly. They call that karma. You ever heard the term karma before? We use that around sometimes. You hear that, Sonny, if you listen. People kind of use that in general terms now. Karma. What does karma mean? What does karma mean? Okay, exactly. If my past life, what I did this life was really good, when I die and I'm reborn into another animal, I might be something higher up because I did really well. Now, if I come into this life and I'm suffering, whatever it might be, maybe I'm the lower caste of Hinduism, what does that mean? That means my past life, I must have not have did well. Or I'm moving up. Maybe I was a worm before, now I'm in the lower caste of Hinduism. You know, those kind of things. So, yes. In a sense, yeah, especially what it is. You're trying to pay for it. You're, you're getting consequences. Karma is the idea of getting repaid for what you've done. Exactly. And we'll talk. Yes. Yes, because what happens with that? We're talking about that a little bit. What happens with that? Think how that plays out. Now, if I'm suffering, and I see I could help you in your suffering. Say you're there, you're lacking food, you're lacking clean water, and I know you're suffering, but I take it as this idea of reincarnation, and essentially you're just paying for your past sins. So how am I going to respond to that? Exactly. So is it good for me to help you? Okay. Yes. Exactly. And so for me to help you, I'm actually hindering you. To help you out of your need. If you, have your, if you have a need, whatever that might be, whether it's a medical need, whether it's a physical need, whatever need it might be, <laughs> to me to come along and say, hey, you need some food, here's some food. In a sense, I might be hindering you because now the next life you're going to still suffer. But if I allow you to suffer here, now the next life you can do better. Okay? It takes away compassion. <laughs> it takes away compassion. Uh, for people. And that's one of the lies of, of karma. Exactly. Reincarnation karma is whole thing. There's a lot of stuff mixed up in it. And that's probably why caste system worked in some ways because and the people stay in it because this is what I this is where I was born. It must be I must have did something worse before. And it plays down through it. So okay, I'll let you have a little break and we'll come back and talk some more about that. In about five minutes. Good questions. Gotcha. Born, you live your life, you die, and now you come back. Your body, instead of we would say 
our body, at that point, your spirit, your body said, here, your spirit departs. And at that point, it says, it's appointed unto man once to die and after the judgment, we go in front of God and God decides where we spend eternity. They would say, no, how you lived your life here will depend. Now your next life, you're going to come back around as something else again. You keep this cycle going until you reach this perfection or this time of nirvana where you've got rid of all your bad thoughts and bad energy and you can now live in a certain place where kind of like nothingness, I guess. So I was trying to think what nirvana actually is. And we'll talk, uh, this number six, nirvana, is that, that, that's where they say the goal is to get to nirvana. It's number six on the key terms. It says, it's a state of peace that comes when you are released from the effects of karma and the cycle of death and rebirth. So you're done with the dying and re being reborn again, and you reach a state of nirvana. And um, so anyway, that's, that's the term they'll use for that. It's like, what is the purpose? I guess that's, their, that's the purpose. So where does this come about? How did this all start up? It's interesting. Back in the mid-1800s, uh, mid-19th century, mid-1800s, it says transcendentalism. Have you heard that word before? It's a big word, transcendentalism. Have you heard, you heard the authors uh, Ralph, Waldo, Ralph Waldo Emerson or Henry David Thoreau? You hear those? Yeah. They'd actually been part of this movement of uh, transcendentalism. And it's a philosophy that began, it says, in, uh, and what, sorry, first of all, what they believe, what is transcendentalism? They believe peace, peace, sorry, they believe people are basically good and that nature is divine. When we use the word divine, what are we saying there? It's like godlike, I think they have to say. And so they bring nature up to this level. Remember pantheism? Everything is God. And so, so transcendentalism is a philosophy that began in the mid-19th century and whose founding members included Ralph Waldo Emerson and Henry David Thoreau. It centers around the belief that spirituality cannot be achieved through reason and rational, rationalism, but instead through self-reflection and intuition. In other words, transcendentalists believe spirituality isn't something you can explain. It's something you feel. Not feel, feel. Something you feel with your, uh, by, by emotions or it's a feeling within you. You can't really let explain it. A transcendentalist would argue that going for a walk in a peaceful or a beautiful place would be much more spiritual experience than reading a religious text. Okay? Interesting, isn't it? Is it nice to be in a peaceful place? Walking through, the, we all like, who likes going to the mountains and walking into the, in the woods? Yeah, we enjoy that, don't we? It is peaceful. And it does, you know, sitting outside and, and eat. I love a summer evening and you, and you and you smell the grass that was mowed or the hay that was mowed and just that feeling. And maybe some light in the distance. You know, it's that warm, muggy, muggy. I, I like that. It's, it's interesting how that, <laughs> but does that make it God? No, it's just a beautiful creation of God. And it's interesting. What does it say in Romans? They worshiped who? Yeah. They worshiped the creature, uh, creation rather, uh, creature rather than the creator. I'm going to read that quick in Romans. Romans chapter 1. And you can see this happening.
Romans chapter 1. Because it says, Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as external power and Godhead, so that they were, are without excuse. Because all they did knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man, and birds, and four-footed animals, and creeping things. And uh, therefore God gave them up to uncleanness, and their lust of their hearts, to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie, and worship and serve the creature, rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. So you can see this idea is changing over. Everything is God. You're worshiping the creation. And this is part of this process. This is back in the mid-1800s. So now we talked about meditation a little bit at the beginning. We as Christians, we meditate, right? We should. You have a time, wherever that might be, reading, praying. We use that term meditation. And it's a quiet time before the Lord. But what's your goal? Your goal is to do what? When you're meditating. Yeah, to draw closer to God. So in a sense, you're, you're, you're trying to reflect who God is in a sense. My understanding the meditation of the New Age movement and, and this idea is to open your mind, empty your mind in a sense. You're emptying your mind. Trying to get rid of the thoughts and evil thoughts or, or get rid of evil energy or that idea, it seems like. And, and so... Um, they wouldn't meditate. It's interesting. So meditation, number three, is to focus one's mind to come to a higher state of consciousness. And it says sometimes with crystals or mantras, which is interesting. What's a mantra? I have the definition here. But a mantra, it says originally in Hinduism and Buddhism, is a word or sound repeated to aid concentration and meditation. So if you hear somebody sitting in a in a meditative state, in the Hindu, maybe they're making some noise. Or just make it, saying it over and over and over. To try, you, trying to open their mind up. <laughs> trying not to think of other thoughts, I guess. And allow... Is there danger in that? Exactly. Because who wants to enter our mind? Satan himself wants to enter, doesn't he? We don't just open it up to anybody. <laughs> But this is the idea. You're opening your mind up. And, and you see some of the stuff that's coming out of this. So it's, it seems like it's part of sorcery, witchcraft mixed into this to make it. But it's, they make it modern and try to make it something that you'll palatable, that you'll take. You'll take in. And some of these words, you'll, you'll hear some of this or see some of this. Channeling. Uh, channeling, as we know, what's channeling? What is channeling? I'm sorry? A fun, okay. That's true, you have a channel into thing. In the spiritual sense, channeling is a belief that disembodied spirits speak to and through a gifted person engaged in meditation. What does that sound like? Yeah, exactly. And the idea, what did, what did uh, Paul ask the witch of Andor to do? Basically, that's the idea. He was trying to talk to the spears, you know, the dead people that had went on. 
And God says, no, <laughs> this is not good. And so, but basically, uh, and it says, not all new spiritualists would embrace this, but some would. This idea of trying to speak to the, to the dead. Okay? So it's all kind of wrapped in, up in this whole, yeah, it's sad. But now we talked a little bit about karma before. It's the belief that good is returned for those who practice good and evil is returned to those who practice evil. And that's where reincarnation, when you're reincarnated, what you come back as, what you come back like. And, um, and it very, what, how, do, how do we deal with this as Christians? This whole thing of good and bad. Is that part of the Christian faith or not? Yeah, it is. It's interesting, isn't it? What do they say? What's the Bible say about that? Okay. It talks about reaping and sowing, doesn't it? It does talk about that. And it's interesting. Um, which is in uh, let's see, Galatians 6. I'll read it uh, quickly here. Galatians 6, verses 7 to 10. It says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows the flesh will the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Okay? And so this idea, there is a reaping and sowing within Christianity, isn't it? So how is that different from karma? Or is it any different? What do you think? Okay. Exactly. Okay. So we can say we, we don't have to deal with our past, right? I mean, we can get relief from the past. Just because we did something bad does not make I'm going to have to pay it off by suffering. I might. If I've been a drunkard all my life, I might die from liver damage. You know what I'm saying? Even if I do repent, I might physically still suffer from it. There is some cause and effect. But we also have, we don't have to deal with this. My past can be purified <laughs> by God's blood. But like we mentioned a little bit, this idea of, how did, what did Jesus talk about when the man was born blind? Remember this? What did they say? What did Jesus say? They, what did the disciples ask Jesus? Exactly. They were, they were thinking, so they had this idea too, right? That there's a consequence. Somebody must have sinned here for this guy to be blind. Uh, it's in John 9 here. Exactly. It says, now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And the disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents, that he was born blind. So what are they thinking? Cause and effect, right? Kind of like a karma idea. But Jesus said, Neither this man nor his parents sin, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So no, Jesus said no. Neither one. Neither one sinned. This just happened for God's glory. Because what, what can happen with karma? Someone's suffering? It must have been bad. It must have something wrong. It's just the consequences. It's just, just the way it is. Is this life or the last life before? Or just, it's just 
the tower, remember that he talked about the tower that fell? How did, how did Jesus respond to that? Remember that? They were talking another time, same thing, Luke 15, Luke 13. Jesus is pretty clear that it's, it's not karma. It's not from your past life. Things happen sometimes because we live in a sinful world, right? Exactly. You know, why does a child die, you know, in a car accident? Or a drunkard, you know, is out driving and he kills somebody on a bicycle, a little child. Why? Was the child that bad that he died? No, we say no. It's just because there's sin in this world, bad things happen. <laughs> it's just how, until perfection comes. But it says, there was, there were, this is another, Jesus said here, there were present at that season some who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered and said to them, do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered such things? So Jesus asked him this. And he says, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you all likewise perish. Or those 18 in whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think they were worse sinners than all the other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. So no karma, praise the Lord. <laughs> there is a part of reaping and sowing. Scripture talks about that. We can get released from it though, right? The consequence of sin does not have to fall on us. Spiritually, we can have victory over, over sin. Because Christ paid that price. And, uh, but no, the sad thing with karma, we mentioned already a little bit here. One of the sad things is the law of karma implies that if a person's misery helps cleanse them of negative karma, to help someone escape their suffering would hinder the cleansing process. Okay? No need to take up an offering to help the refugees in Ukraine. They must have did something wrong. They're getting cleansed. For their good that they're cleansed. So the next life, they can come back and have a better life. Okay? Is that sad? Yeah. But this concept, it can go, it can, this is how you, this plays out. Then we talked about nirvana. We talked about that already. Yoga, number seven. Who ever heard of yoga? It's kind of popular nowadays, isn't it? You hear about that? Yoga? People doing Yoga? What do you think about that? Good or bad? I'm sorry? It, the, yeah, I, 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 I believe it is. I'm sorry? Okay, in, in which way? Tell me about it. Okay. Okay. There are, and they actually talk about this here. There's two different way, yogas, in a sense. But I don't like the people who use this term. Yoga can also use it for stretching exercises. I don't like to use that term. <laughs> use another term. If you're stretching, because yoga a lot of times is you put your body in different positions and to limber you up, or do whatever it is, and then you also meditate is how it, uh, so look at number, letter A. Yoga from the Merriam-Webster. Letter A, the first one, it's a Hindu theistic philosophy teaching the suppression of all activity of body, mind, and will in order that the self may realize this distinction from them and attain liberation. So it's, it's just, sounds like big words there, trying to understand what it's saying there. But basically, you're trying to get freedom. You're doing all these things. It's a, it's a process of opening your mind or, opening, or stretching your body out and things. Um, suppression of all activity of body, mind, and will. 
And then, but letter B, it's a system of physical postures, breathing techniques, and sometimes meditation derived from yoga, but often practiced independently, especially in Western cultures, to promote physical and emotional well-being. Isn't that interesting? That is, it's out there. And it's kind of known. And not all, they don't, I'm not saying everybody that does yoga stretches are meditating in a spiritual sense too. Does that make sense? But for myself personally, if you're going to stretch and, and try to become more, um, you know, physical, be more, how would you say, flexible or whatever, doing some of these yoga stances, I would be careful. Don't call it yoga. <laughs> Don't go that direction. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's something, because yoga itself is not a good thing. Because you're basically, it's part of meditation, and, and they have, um, but no, it is something, you'll, you might even hear your children talking about that sometimes, if you haven't already. That's, that's something that's out there. Um, Makes sense? It's, it's something that, Yes. I'm sorry? Okay. I'm sorry? Okay. I don't know. Tell me about it. I don't. I don't. Does anybody else hear about, hear about that? Okay. What, tell me about it. They very, there's a lot of Eastern religions are kind of part, like, similar. Within this. Okay. Okay. So they're. Okay. 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 Yeah, there's, yeah, no, exactly. And in Chinese government, they, they'll, they'll crack down on Christians, but also crack down, I think, on Muslims. They crack down on all sorts of religious things. They, they're trying to stamp that stuff out, it seems like. Um, they were liberated a little bit, but now they're like cracking down again, it seems like. But that's interesting. But, uh, but no, that, that is very much out there, this idea of opening your mind, meditation. When you hear that term meditation recognize it might not be a Christian meditation. <laughs> Does that make sense? It could very much be, if it's not in a Christian context, it's probably a, this context. Uh, if it's not in a Christian context. And very well, I can't say for sure, but be careful. Okay? And then along with this meditation or these yoga moves and flexibility things, um, they... There's other things here that he also says. New spirituality believes the way to free ourselves from I and me. So the idea is get rid of I. Get rid of me. This is part of this whole idea. Open your mind. Cleanse your mind. Get rid of yourself. Get rid of ego in a sense. And it says, uh, first it says, people can free themselves daily and temporarily through such practices as yoga and meditation. We talked about that. So these yoga and meditation, they can free themselves temporarily. And letter B Second, new spiritualists believe people can be free forever through what? Reincarnation. So this is the basic thing is. is Through reincarnation, 
meditation, yoga, these things, you can become free. You can get rid of the negative energy or negative thoughts and, and become one with the universe, I think, through consciousness or energy is uh, how I've, uh, my understanding. Okay? Letter A. This is the thing, some of these we've heard of, some of you might not have, but this is all part of it. Other practices new spiritualists use include astrology. Who's heard of astrology? Yeah. What's astronomy? What's the difference between astronomy and astrology? Exactly. Is that good or bad? Yeah, it's good. Basically, you, you have a telescope, you're studying it. What's astrology? Okay, there you go. They're trying, you're basically, you're saying the lineup of the stars affect what's going to happen to me, in a sense. Yeah. Capricorn, you heard some of these? Sometimes, I don't know if in the paper anymore. It used to be in the paper. You could read your, your horoscope for the day and those kind of things. Be careful. <laughs> Not good. Okay? Uh, stay away from it. <laughs> Another thing is Ouija boards. Ever hear Ouija boards? Yeah, I've heard. Yeah. That's another thing. I remember as a public school, I remember someone bringing a Ouija board to school and, and playing with it. I didn't you know much about it, but, you know, it's kind of one of those things. But that's, it's, it's kind of a game, but it's not good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? God, Satan can use these things to get a hold of people. Basically trying to find the future, it seems like, or asking questions, trying to talk to the spirits or that kind of thing. These are some you might have heard of, too. Crystal therapy. Have you heard of that? Crystal therapy? My understanding, they'll use crystals or gems, that kind of thing, to try to get your, um, like your energy. They say that every stone might have its own vibration or something, and it realigns your positive, negative, I don't know what it all. <laughs> Somehow they use these, these crystals or gems to help your energy level, or help everything realign itself is what it sounds like, okay? Those kind of things, be careful, <laughs> Okay? Somebody might come through here and try to convince you. Put this little gem on. Put this little thing and, and helps you. It's everything, your body. You know, are we positive and negative? Yeah, I think there is some probably some energy things in our body. But be careful. These things Satan uses. Okay? And another thing, uh, did you ever hear of um, A-U-R-A readings? Aura readings. They would say everybody has their own, like your own, like a, um, energy fields around your body. So those kind of things are just be alert, be aware they're out there. <laughs> and some might get wrapped up as you know people trying to move energy from this part of your body, this part of your body. Uh, be careful. <laughs> be careful. Sometimes you can wrap up in some of these things we can get enthralled by some of these. Ah, oh, it helped me. Maybe but maybe not in the right way, okay? And so recognize there's uh, Satan roams around like a lion looking whom they may devour. And I know if we knew there's a lion outside, would we leave this church a little different than when we came in? If we knew a lion escaped and was roaming around outside? And we knew it was, we knew it was right around here? Would we, how, would we, how would we go to our cars? <laughs> Fast, wouldn't we? We'd be, we'd be alert. We wouldn't just mosey out there. And, hey, no, we would be a very 
that's what God wants us to do, I believe, with these kind of things. Be alert. Be aware. We don't want to run scared. God's power is still overcoming these things. But recognize there is a spiritual battle going on. <laughs> and he'll, some of these things are they're trying to become mainstream, I guess you'd call it. I was talking to the one brother. He's doing some witnessing. And it's interesting. A lot of times in your... I'm not for sure if it's at a college campus or not. I, for some reason, I thought it was. A lot of times, college campuses are very, very secular. You know, anti-God, anti... But he said he's interested. He's talking... I don't know if it's starting to become more popular, this whole thing of New Age, or this, this spiritists, this kind of idea, that everything's God and just, you know, that's out there. <laughs> and it can be confusing because I use some of these languages, some of these words, meditation. That's good, you know. And so uh, I believe God wants us to be alert, be awake, and recognize it. But it, one good thing out of this thing is this. I guess it's a good thing. But a, a awareness thing is to recognize their people are searching for something. Does that make sense? Secularism didn't work, <laughs> in a sense. You know, this idea that there is no God, people recognize there's something bigger, and they're looking for something bigger. But they're getting pulled into something that's wrong. So we as Christians got to be out there and make sure we share the truth. Yes, there is a higher God. There is a God. And it's not us. It's somebody else. <laughs> it's the creator God. But they're looking for that power, looking for that strength. They're looking for that. Um, and so um, that's my desire, that we just be alert. But be also be alert, recognizing people are looking for hope. And they're not going to find it in this. This is, a, this is a way to get wrapped up in Satan's lies. Yes. I know. And that's the thing we've got we to watch out here. That sometimes we can get pulled into these things. You know, some of this energy, trying to move energy and body, or just these crystals. Yeah, I don't, God knows. I know. <laughs> but some of that stuff I'd be very careful about. What, that there, is there anything scientific behind it? And I don't know. I know. Magnets, I'm not sure what that's. I know sometimes we use those things. I don't know. It, it feels a little funny sometimes. Um, you know, am I saying, is there some things I don't understand about our body? Yeah. Is there negative, positive? Probably are. You know, acidic and all these alkaline stuff. It probably is some stuff I don't understand. It just be I think be alert. Ask somebody. Talk about it. <laughs> don't just wrap, don't just take it at first. Uh, that's my opinion, uh, because there is a Satan likes to deceive us, okay? And so, and that's the breast of the brotherhood. If you have a question about some of these things, get together and talk about it, and say, "What do you think about this? This guy, this doctor, offered me this. Is this a good thing? <laughs> you think it's from God, or is this from Satan wrapped up as a good thing, uh, trying to get me in?" So, that's what I would encourage you. If you have a question. Ask the brotherhood and get some prayer. Ask God, because God, God wants to reveal this to us, I think, if it's something from him or something from, uh, from, from Satan. And the last thing, number nine, spiritual evolution. Basically, the idea, the belief that humanity is continually progressing toward higher consciousness. So this evolution is, you know, evolution is physical evolution. Uh, new spirituality would also think that we're also going forward 
and a higher conscious. Make sense? And so, any questions or other thoughts? Yes.